Um, <clears throat> so I'm just going to I'm just going to pray and then we'll get started. So Father God, tonight, Lord, we again just thank you just for how good we are, uh, how good you are, and uh, Lord, just for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, I just again ask for your help. Lord, you've laid uh, some scriptures and some things on my heart, and I just ask Father for your help in delivering those, Father, in the way that you would want them delivered tonight. So God, I just trust you for the right words the right examples, and that you'd help me to put this all together for your glory. And I just thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, <clears throat> so tonight's um, going to maybe be a little bit different, not, not super different, but um, we might as well just jump right in and get started. So today we're going to go on a journey, or tonight, and uh, that journey is through some places um, as I was just waiting before the Lord and, and, and just seeking his wisdom on, on where we were to go tonight, what we were to do, what I was to share about, um, there were just some things that just were really, really strong. So we're going to start out in Gilgal, and the second word looks like our English word beer, <clears throat> but it's, we're not actually going to have a beer fest tonight. Uh, beer, beer, is a Hebrew word, and it means well, and it's a place name. In Israel, so Gilgal's a place, Beer was a place, and there's also a place called Mat- Matanah, and I didn't look up how to say it, so I'm calling it Matanah, as far as I know that's correct, but probably not. Anyway, so we're going to be going on a journey tonight, and um, just the Lord kind of put this together, it doesn't have one particular scripture that, that I use like I normally do, normally I have these nice little, you know, everything's all nice and orderly and, and lined out, but not tonight, so... Um, We are going to start with this scripture, and it looks like I used King James. I was going to try to change that, but anyway. Um, We're going to start at the place called Gilgal, and so we're just going to go into this a little bit. Uh, There's a scripture for that. In Joshua 5.9, it says this, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, or therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. So this first place that we're going to be going to tonight, this first place on our journey, is this place called Gilgal, and it was where their reproach was rolled away. Reproach is one of those words that I don't use. I don't go around saying this word hardly ever. It's kind of just one of those words that's in the Bible and it's kind of there. So this is the definition of reproach. Uh, it has to do with scorning or taunting, where an enemy might taunt or, taunt or scorn their enemies. Um, I want to settle up especially on this one that says, B, resting upon a condition of shame or disgrace. Resting upon a condition of shame or disgrace. And, and a reproach can be an object, an object of reproach. Okay, so God said that he wanted to do something, and he did something at Gilgal. And what he did was to roll away their shame and the disgrace of Egypt. The shame and the disgrace of Egypt. Now, for the Israelites, if you think about them as a nation, they were brought out of Egypt, and they were a nation of slaves. 
For 400 years, that's all they were. People who did what other people told them to do. People who were the property of other people. And so when God said that he was going to roll away their reproach, he was rolling away all the shame and all the disgrace that the people of Israel had carried for all those years. And God was able to do that. God was able to do that. Now, this is maybe a little bit different in this first part, but what I'm just sensing in the Spirit, it, this is what the Lord is wanting to take place in this first part of this message. That whatever it is that the enemy has taunted us about, our past, wherever there has been shame or disgrace over past events, God's wanting to remove that tonight. You know, we, in our natural minds, it's something that's impossible. We can't make what happened, either that we did, that we're ashamed of, or was done to us that makes us ashamed. We can't do anything about the past. But God can still roll away the shame and the disgrace. Now, one of the things that happened a year ago in this house, some of you are new and, and weren't here at the time. One of the things that happened was that, that um, uh, there was a little girl, her name was Eden Spath, who had uh, a tumor, and I forget there's a big, long, fancy name for it, but, but she passed away. We as a church, we stood together, we prayed, we believed. The family, standing in faith, we believed. And despite all of our prayers, all of our best efforts, she still passed away. And one of the things that the Lord is wanting to roll away tonight is any part of shame or disgrace that, that, that this house carries because of that. And it's not the kind of thing that somebody that's outside our church most of the other parts of the body of Christ in this community don't even believe in healing. So I'm not talking about that. But there's still a place that, wow. I mean, because we as a house, we were contending. And it looked like we failed. And, and I really, so part of this, there's a couple different directions that we're going. But this particular part, what looks like the failure, and I think that's my next slide, we'll see. Yeah, um, and, and again, this, we're going to apply this in a lot of different directions, but just for those that this is for that. What the world saw as a failure and what even some in the church would call a failure was not a failure in the eyes of God, our Heavenly Father. And we're going to cover that a little bit more later in our message. But this is the part that I can tell you tonight that God is not disappointed in us. He is so proud of Tennille and Justin and their family and their extended family, those that if their parents and Tatum and those, all those that are involved, because they didn't give up. They didn't give up. 
They didn't stop believing. They didn't stop trusting God. And God is so pleased. And the failures that we may have may not be that kind of a failure. And again, we only call it that in the natural because that's what sometimes it can look like. But it, it isn't in God's eyes. And I don't really have a great way to explain that. I just sense it in my spirit. They are, you know, if you, I don't think there was extra bulletins, but January 30th, their, their new little child was born. But they could have given up. They could have said, we aren't doing this anymore. We aren't doing this anymore. But they didn't give up. Now, that's one situation. It doesn't matter where the shame and the disgrace came from. It doesn't matter if you've done things in your past that you're like, man, I hope nobody ever finds out that I did this or I did that. Um, Something that I just really feel in the spirit tonight, too, is that there's somebody, maybe more than one, who you feel that that you're never going to be able to go any higher than where you are right now because of something that's taken place in your past. There's a shame and a disgrace that you carry that, that, that you believe is keeping you at this level, and you can't ever do anything or higher than that place. I'm here to tell you tonight that God can roll that away. God desires to, and it's not too hard for him. It's not impossible for him. It's because he's so good. He is so good. We're going to get to that here in just a second. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to just, so if you could just, uh, we're going to just pray. And we're going to just believe we receive right now before we go any further. That every barrier, every block, every shame and disgrace just be rolled away right now. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. (laughs) Lord, we thank you that what is impossible for us is so easy for you. And Lord, when the day came that you rolled away the reproach from the nation of Israel, Lord, that, that it was just a day. They lived, did things the day before. They did things the day after. But God, you set a time and you set a place for that reproach to be rolled away, that shame and disgrace to be rolled away. And so, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe we receive all that reproach, all that shame, and all that disgrace, Lord, whether it comes from past events where we looked like we were failures, whether it comes from things that we did that we're ashamed of now, that we're, you know, that we're disgraced, or whether things were done to us, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we believe we receive, Father, those things rolled away in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just believe we receive, Father, that everything that remains, Father, of every, any place of shame or disgrace on this house, Lord, because of what took place a year ago, God, we just believe we receive that, that shame and disgrace rolled away in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Father, for whoever that individual is, Lord, that, that's had that lid and that barrier, Father, because of shame and disgrace over past events, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for removing that tonight in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just believe and receive it tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Um, 
this was how I was supposed to start. Why we're doing this is because God has such great things for us this year. He's got, he's wanting to, you know, breathe life into our dreams and visions and, and have us that by the time we get to the, the end of this year, we won't even recognize ourselves. Everything about us is going to just be so vibrant and full of life and full of the things of God. But in order for us to get to that point, just like for the Israelites, before they could enter into the promised land, they had to go by Gilgal. And we have to get rid of those things that, that the enemy would try to beat us over the head with and remind us of our past. Under the blood of Jesus, those things are all gone and done. All of it's gone and done. So, okay, so that, that step being done, we're going to move forward into the rest of this message tonight. Um, this next section is maybe a little different. Maybe you've ever heard something like this. We're going to talk about this thing called failure. What is failure? And we're going to look at it and maybe what would be considered humorous, but uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know how funny it is, but anyway, we'll see. Um, failure. You know, as people, and, and I really have a problem. You know, I don't like to fail. You know, I was the kind of kid that I always wanted to get the right questions on all the tests, and I, you know, failing was not an option. You know, my family, failing was not an option. Um, I never even found out what would have happened if I failed. So, so um, but I also carried a, a huge fear of failure. So, but uh, let's c- consider a few things tonight. Now, one of the things that, that if you work for someone, um, maybe not everybody does this, but most places they have what they call performance reviews or performance evaluations. So, now, we're just going to pretend this is not being sacrilegious. This is, has a point to it. But we're going to give a performance evaluation or performance review for God. Anybody game tonight? It's like, no, I don't think I want to be criticizing God. Look what happened to Job. Okay, but this has a purpose, so bear with me. So stop and think about it a little bit. If we were going to evaluate God's performance... Let's just look at some of the things that have taken place that we know of from Bible history and scripture. Okay, so let's just say, first thing, and I didn't, this isn't by any means an exhaustive list, but he lost his top-ranked angel. Uh, Lucifer was this amazing creation that every time he moved, created music. You know, he talks about all of the, how he was encrusted with jewels, and we just don't have time, but he was this amazing creation. There's three archangels, and he was the top one. So you had God, and you had Lucifer, and you had Michael, and I should remember the other one, but I can't. Gabriel. So you have this, the three, and he lost him. Now, if anybody's going to not have problems like that, wouldn't you think it would be God? But God lost not only his top rank angel, but a third of the angels also went with him. Seems like that'd probably be a pretty bad day, huh? <laughs> Stop and think about this. Okay, the next thing he does. So here's God, Okay. So now he's lost all those guys, but he decides to make a man. And so he goes and he creates this amazing planet, 
He plants the Garden of Eden and creates all the animals and the birds and the light and sun and all those beautiful things that we read about in the first few chapters of Genesis. And the next thing he happens or that happens is he loses man. The supreme desire of his heart was to have this fellowship. We can read in Genesis how he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, and he loses that. Another bad day. (laughs) Another bad day in paradise. And not only did he lose Adam and Eve, who he loved dearly, he lost all the planet that he had created. Everything. Because he had given it to Adam and Eve. And so when they moved away and they fell, all of that went. Looks like God's a pretty big failure here. Hmm. Then, and this, this side's hard to read, but the screen over here is a little bit easier to read. So here you have it. God still is just reaching out to man. He, all these things happen up to the time of the flood. And think about it. At the time of the flood, there were only eight people who followed God. There were thousands, maybe even millions. I don't know. All on one side, you have all the people who have just totally forgotten God. They don't follow him. And on the other, you have eight people. Looks like God's a pretty bad failure if you were to judge it by the same standards that we would use. Okay, so it doesn't stop there. So you can continue to read in the Bible. You've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and there's a few highlights, but most of the prophets that God sent to his people, the nation of Israel, the nation killed and stoned and beat, beat them and, and, and ignored them. And the message that he gave, even though it sits in our laps and we have it, To the original people it was sent, many times it was not received. When his son, when the time came for him to send his son, what did happen? He was crucified. He wasn't received. He wasn't welcomed. You know, there were those that did recognize who he was. And then even after Jesus goes to heaven... And now you've got the church that's established and over the last few, however many thousands of years since Jesus went to heaven, you've got a church that's so full of corruption and religion and yuck. You know, just take, for example, the wars between the Catholics and the Protestants. And how many people have died for a church that was supposed to be about brotherly love and loving one another? Okay, so it looks like God's just complete failure, complete mess. His own chosen people, the nation of Israel, today, if you were to go to the nation of Israel, you're not going to find very many people who really know who God is. And they're his own chosen people. So whether you look at the church, whether you look at Israel, all those different places, and stop and think about this throughout almost all of human history. The, the, the one exception that I could recognize was maybe in the garden with Adam and Eve when there was just a couple people. And then another time when you have the flood and there's only the eight people. But all the other times, so if you take right now, if you were to just freeze frame and you were to just, you know, start marking people, this one loves God, this one hates God, loves God, hates God, loves him, doesn't know him, doesn't know him. Almost all of human history, there's been more people who didn't know, didn't love, 
and didn't follow God. If you were to take that on one side and the people who actually do love and know him and follow him. You know, thank God there always has been the remnant. Whether it was in the times of Israel or the times of the church, there's always been those that have loved and followed him. But it's not been the majority. It's been the minority. With very few exceptions. I mean, there's been nations that have experienced revival. Even here in the United States, there have been times that that the majority actually followed God. But if you take all of humanity, and so if you're looking at it from those perspectives, and if you had to say, hmm, God did good, God did bad, you could look at those and say for each one of those that God failed. Now, none of us would go to God and say that, but uh, might have negative consequences. But he loves us. But so there has to be something wrong with the way we view failure. We don't think of God as a failure, do we? And yet we just saw a a short list of all these places where God didn't have things go his way and things didn't and still aren't this perfect, wonderful place that God created. We don't think of God as a failure because he's not going to give up. He knows it's not over until it's over. And I don't know how to explain how when God gets to the other end of everything and how he can look through all those all of human history. This is a question for God. This is something about him. But I can tell you this. He thought it was worth it. He thought you were worth it. He didn't give up. He didn't, you know, kind of slip when the flood came and, boop, you know, took over the, the ark and that was it. <laughs> you know, uh, He's not going to give up. (coughs) He's not going to give up on you. And you don't need to give up on yourself. You don't need to give up on yourself. The way we evaluate ourselves, the way that we look at whether something's a success or something's a failure, it's skewed. And I don't have time to go in to try to make all this stuff. But we can just see God's not a failure. Has he had some things that didn't go his way, that didn't go according to his plan? Yeah. But he's not stopping. He's not giving up. And there's going to be an expected end that we know about. And each of us is that same way. Exactly the same way. There's not a single one of us that's whether they're here. Even people who are on death row tonight, they don't have to be failures. There's not a single one. And the thing that makes the difference is God's love. You know, the only reason he doesn't give up is because he loves us. And even all the heartbreak of all the people who reject him There is joy, Scripture says, 
over everyone who receives him. And us in this house tonight, whether we feel like it or not, he's rejoicing over us. He's rejoicing over you. He's rejoicing over me. Remember, he's rolled away the shame and disgrace. All the things that we might have considered to be a failure that caused us to to not be able to move on, all of that's behind us. All of that's in the past. (coughs) Um, We're going to go now from Gilgal to our next place, and we're going to call it Beer, not Beer. So we're not talking about Budweiser or Bud Light or anything, but it says that they continued. This is talking about the nation of Israel. So they come out of Egypt. They, uh, th- these aren't in order. I don't, I, this comes actually before Gilgal, and so I've, the way the Lord gave it to me is not in historical order. But anyway, but it says they continued to be here. That is the well where the Lord said to Moses, assemble the people that I may give them water. Okay? Then Israel sang this song, Spring up a well, sing to it. The well which the leaders sink, which the nobles of the people dug with the scepter and with their staffs. And from the wilderness, they continued to Matanah. So we have Gilgal, the place where the reproach was rolled away. All the failure, all the shame, all the disgrace is put aside. Now we're coming to a place called Beer, a place that is a well. There is a well of hope in this house. So no matter who we are, no matter where we've come from, once that shame and disgrace has been rolled away, God doesn't just leave us there. He doesn't just, you know, say, okay, the shame and disgrace is rolled away. He brings us to this next place, and it's a place where there's a well of water. And for our purposes tonight, it's a well of hope. Stop and think about it. When you go through the desert, I couldn't think of or find any good images or pictures or anything to use, so you'll have to just imagine with me. The Israelites are traveling desert, desert, dry, desert, desert, desert. And if you go long enough in the dry desert, if you run out of water, what happens? So every time you can come to a place where there's water, there is hope because you can make it then (laughs) to the next place. And here is an, when they get to this place, now God provided water different ways for the, for the nation of Israel when they went through the desert. And this place in scripture is a little bit unique. Now we're going to come back to this place of, of this, there being a well of hope in this house but um, uh, let's just, just let's look at this. Let's go back. Um, so they get to this. The Lord says to Moses, assemble the people that I may give them water. Now, when you go through numbers, and I don't know, maybe you have lately and maybe you haven't, but most of the nation, most of the history that we have of Israel in the wilderness can be summed up with maybe two words, maybe three. Well, three. We'll do three. Murmuring, complaining, and grumbling. Murmuring, complaining, and grumbling. And these few verses are just this ray of light in the midst of all this 
murmuring, complaining, and grumbling uh, because when they get to this place and, and God says to Moses, gather the people, I'm going to give them water. Instead of murmuring, complaining, and grumbling, what do they do? They sing. They sing. They sing. They sing. It's a powerful scripture. Spring up, oh well. Sing to it. Sing to it. Sing to it. And Israel sang this song. They didn't murmur. They didn't complain. They sang. They sang. And then they have a few more steps that they do. They, they start to dig. But we're going to get into that. There's a well of hope in this house. You know, for the, especially for those that are new, um, if you weren't here for the beginning of this year, there, there's just so many things that, that were, you know, we see object lessons of, of people who don't give up. And one of the people was here ministering at the very, well, I guess at the end of last year. And that was the former pastor's, one of the former pastors, uh, her last name is Roby now, was Weston. So Tanya Weston. And they were here at Christmas time. They ministered at the women's banquet. And they ministered here at a Sunday morning that same day. If there's ever an example of someone who didn't quit or give up, and if you weren't here, the st- her story is, as pastors of this house, they, you know, thriving church, they passed it on to Pastor Eric and Pastor Shelley, our present pastors. They moved on to Enid, and I believe that's where the situation happened, that her husband passed away. If I remember right, those that know better could correct me. He's only like 45, very young. Yeah. So now here's a woman of God, served him faithfully. They haven't done anything wrong. Now she's all alone. And she could have given up. Now, the well of hope that's in this house, when she came in the face of all the disappointment, of all the discouragement, all the loneliness, all the despair, despair of all the six years of the time since she lost her husband. And she came back into this house and declared that God is good. There's a well of hope in this house. It comes from people of faith like that. It comes from people of faith like our pastors, who I don't know everything about. You guys probably know a whole lot more. But whether it's in their own personal lives and their businesses or whether it's in the things that have to do with this church, they've had many opportunities to just say, you know what, we're done. We're going to just quit, give up. We're tired of whatever. And they could have said adios, hasta la vista. That's that's my amount of Spanish, Kevin. (laughs) He's been trying to talk to me in Spanish and it's like, no, that's not me. Um, But they didn't. They didn't. And so between that and all the different things, but the well of hope isn't in people. It's in a God who never gives up and who never quits. 
and whose love never fails. No matter what it may look like, if you were to take that snapshot or do God's performance evaluation, it doesn't matter what it looks like. He never fails. His love never fails. So, when we come to this house, when we connect to this house, no matter what our past has been, we can connect to that same God. And we can drink from that same well of hope that sustained Tanya Roby, that sustains our pastors, no matter what takes place with their businesses or whatever else, that sustains each one of us. If we're here, we are connected to hope. When we give in our offerings, when we give into the work of the kingdom of God in this house, we are sowing into hope. Uh, most of you know that there's a ministry that, that takes place out of the other end of this building, Families Helping Families. And for those people who come week after week, what are they receiving? Food in the natural, but hope in the spiritual. Hope in the spiritual. And so you can go to a lot of different things, a lot of different things I could point. We're not going to take the time to do that tonight. But there's a well of hope in this house. There's a well of hope. Most of us are here because of that well of hope. Then Israel sang this song. And then they said, spring up a well. This is that, what are the, the ouch line in the sermon, so I'm not going to look at anybody. What song have you been singing lately? What song have you been singing lately? And I have to look at myself, too. What song have I been singing lately? Have I been singing the blues? Oh, woe is me. They sang a song, Spring Up a Well. Now, we're, gonna, we're actually going to do that as we close. We're going we're gonna to speak to some of those places. We're going to speak to that well of hope and sing to it. But I want to get this first before, so you have all the pieces, and then we'll close. So they sang, but that wasn't all that they did. Now, I, when I go back and I think of this scripture, I didn't really even notice this part. So whatever I was doing the research, I was like, I wanted to just sing, sing at it, God. I'm going to sing to those dry situations, and the well will spring up, and that's all I have to do. But that's not what the scripture says. They sang, but they had to do something too. For those of you that like to not to have to do anything, sorry. There's something we all have to do. So what did they do? They sang, but then the, the, this, the, the leaders, this is the well which the leaders sank or dug, which the nobles of the people dug with the scepter and with their staffs. So if you can picture, they don't have shovels and picks like we might in our modern day. But they do have their walking sticks and the staffs. Their staffs might have had, you know, they were leaders of the people and the nobles, so their staffs probably had insignia on it so that, you know, so everybody could recognize and know that "Mm, that's somebody important. They had to dig. It's like, but Sean, I don't want to hear that part. Well, sorry. There's something we have to do. So this is interesting. Now, scepter, you can look at, and some of you might have a different version that you look if you're following along. This, um, that was the New, New American Standard Version translated as scepter, but if you, it also can be translated, uh, it had to do with inscribe. 
And if you think about the Ten Commandments, how they were written with the finger of God on the stone tablets. And so, sorry, um, so it also could be uh, translated a different way. And the King James Version has it at this, that they, they dug at the direction of the lawgiver. They dug at Moses' direction. And then dug with their staffs, which was the symbol of their authority. They trusted their leaders. There's something they had to do. It wasn't just a matter of, ooh, let's sing, let's have a party. They had to listen to their leaders. There's a scripture that says, obey the prophets, hear the prophets, and you'll prosper. Whatever God gives, we can do it this way. Do you believe that whatever God gave Moses was good for the people of Israel? Whatever direction he gave them, whatever laws or commandments he gave them was good for them. Are we able to believe that whatever God speaks through the leadership of this house is good for us? Some people can say yes, but others, that's not an easy statement. There's a message of hope that's being delivered, and I'm not talking just about this message, but if you think of Pastor Eric's messages the last few weeks, talking about grace, God is delivering a message to this house, a message of hope and a message of life. If we take that and receive it, That's part of seeing that well springing up. And then the part that they also had to do was their staff, their symbol of authority. And that also can be prophetic words that have been delivered in this house. Pastor Eric took time last week to go through the prophetic word for 2012. Taking that word and using it can bring an amazing amount of hope into our lives if we'll receive it. If we'll receive it. Um, Marty, I think you're going to have to help me. I did something. Thank you. Thank you. So they dug with their staff. And we know from Scripture that our authority is in our mouths. Our authority is in our mouths. We know from Proverbs 18:21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. But death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, putting it all together, singing to the well, instead of murmuring, grumbling, or complaining over the circumstances of our lives, the events of our lives, the things that we used to think held us back, we can begin to sing and speak words of hope. And this is good for us. It's good for our loved ones. Tonight, if you have someone who the enemy is trying to convince you there's no hope for, the enemy is a liar. The enemy is a liar. Flat out, don't believe it. Or maybe it's a circumstance where the enemy is trying to convince you that it's hopeless. 
So we can start in this service, and we will, to release hope into lives and into situations. I plan on doing that here in just a moment or two. But it's up to us, myself included, to keep digging when we get back into our real world. We have gone from having reproach rolled away, all the shame and the disgrace, and and all of that being set aside. We've come to a place where there's a well of hope. And what we get out of that well has to do with our receiving and believing and what we say and what we keep on saying. Because it's real easy when we're here in church and we're all together to be positive. But when the mail comes and there's another bill and the phone calls come and there's collector's calls and all the different things, it's really easy to get discouraged. Really easy when real life comes to think that that's more real than the goodness of God. But it's not. We have to keep digging with our, with our mouths. We're going to just close with this, and then we'll stand and close. So in this same scripture, the next step was that they continued to a new place. They left the wilderness, reproach rolled away, came to the well of hope. Then they move on, and from the wilderness, they continued to a place called Matanah. And the, Marty, you'll have to help me again. I don't know why I keep losing it, but Matana means the gift of Yahweh or Jehovah. It's the gift of the Lord. God's giving you a gift tonight. He's giving me a gift. And that gift is the rest of our lives. No matter what we walked into, you know, whatever may have been, Marty, do you mind doing the, advancing the slide? It doesn't seem to be working. God is giving a gift, and it's the rest of our lives. Before we came in here tonight, there may have been shame. There may have been disgrace. There may have been all of those things. But we have had that rolled away. We've been refreshed through the well of hope, and now we can move out of the wilderness. The Israelites stayed there for 40 years. We don't have to. We don't have to. And God has a gift for us. It's that tomorrow is going to be a good day. That was for somebody. (laughs) That was for somebody. So, Father God, tonight, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. Lord, for rolling away reproach. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that every bit of shame, every bit of disgrace, Lord, that we may have walked into this service with, God, we believe we receive tonight that it is completely gone. And Lord, Father, as we come to that well of hope, Father, that springs up eternal in this house, Lord, not because of people, but because of you, Lord, we thank you, Father God, that we, not only can we drink from that well, And you may want to do this as a prophetic act. But Lord, we literally can take that water and wash ourselves with it. The scripture speaks of washing of the water of the word. 
And there's, there's literally some cleansing and some the washing away of that shame and disgrace that as you take the waters of hope and just begin to splash them over yourself, all those things get washed away. Just since the hopelessness leaving and hope coming in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hope. And so, Father God, tonight, Lord, I just believe a receive, Father. In fact, in the name of Jesus, I dismiss the assignment of hopelessness in anyone's life where it was assigned. In the name of Jesus, you must go now. How? In the name of Jesus. How? In the name of Jesus. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, we worship you, God. We worship you. God, you are so good. And so, Father God, Lord, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Father God, I praise you tonight, and I thank you, God. There is nothing impossible for you. There is nothing impossible for you. Lord, I believe I receive tonight, Father, that you begin to give your people songs. Lord, I could sing tonight. We've already sung tonight. But Lord, each one, Father, I believe that each one, you give them a new song. Lord, we talked for just a moment about what song have you been singing lately. God, I believe and receive, Father, that you give new songs. Help. Mm, in the name of Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Songs of hope. Songs of of deliverance in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I just released this tonight that you delight in setting the captives and the prisoners free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father God, whatever situations may be in our lives, Father, we believe we receive, Father, that they are just awash and and, uh, washed over with and refreshed by hope tonight. Lord, whether it's our finances, whether it's our families, whether it's our loved ones, Lord, whether it's whatever it might be, God, nothing is too hard for you. Lord, we just thank you for hope tonight in the name of Jesus. Hope coming to every one of those places. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The way that I'm seeing it, you know, if, if for those of you who have green thumbs or have ever kept a plant, hope is like that water. And if you've got withering places in your life, if you've got some pots, just like you might have some flower pots, where the plants are withered and just it doesn't look like there's anything dry, anything there that could ever live, I want you, again, as a prophetic act, just, just to yourself, you don't have to make some big demonstration, uh, even if you just do it in your heart, begin to take like a watering can, dip it in that well, and start to water. It might be a son. It might be a daughter. It might be a granddaughter. It might be a physical situation. It might be this or that. Just begin to take that water tonight and, and, and just allow it to just bring life and hope to those areas in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How? Oh, we worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, God.